this week on a very special Odd Dead Out podcast. Not that kind of very special. Those are weird and creepy. But I have guests. This week I am joined by my oldest sister, uh, Raven Lunatic, and her daughter, Little Jason Claire. Uh, professional names for ob- for particular reasons, but uh, Raven is here kind of for fun and kind of to promote the launch of LunaticFitness.com and her her fitness program and Lunatic Fit Camps. And little Jason Claire is a rising star in the both in the Phoenix and LA uh, burlesque and fetish dance sort of of industry. And it, it's crazy to think of of my little niece and that sort of of, of craziness. But it, it's it's just a fun time to be had. And there's no way to describe when my family sits down together, especially with microphones, other than total chaos. Uh, fair warning: it gets the it's the train of thought just goes completely off the tracks. Things get really crazy. And believe it or not. This is a severely cut down version of what we sat down to do. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm, this is a long intro and long warning, but this was over two hours long. I trimmed it down for what you are, for what you will be presented with. But it's lots of fun, lots of chaos, uh, movie and pop culture references abound. So without further rambling on my part, let's just get to the fun, shall we? Beginning on that old podcast in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Odd Dead Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty, especially the two lunatics that are sitting here with me today. I resemble that remark. Quite literally. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Because this oh, there week, we dare you. <laughs> I literally have. <laughs> literally. literally have Lit- Raven Lunatic. Hi. Uh, the the oldest of, of my siblings. Here I am. And her her more uh, senior spawn. The lady spawn. The, the lady, lady spawn. spawn. <laughs> Uh, little Jay Sinclair. Good morning. Because we'll just stick with, with that for now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, what's yeah. funny is I actually can tell, um, like, certain, like, people I hang out with or whatever groups, I can tell who's known me the longest and from where by what name they call me by. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and yeah. most people in my current circles don't know my real name, like... They know yeah. me as Raven, or they know me as MG, but nobody actually knows, like, people that have known me for, like, you know, 10 years. Don't know your actual Don't form. know my yeah. actual name on my birth certificate. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of, like, my friends who do know my real name, um, they, like, in public, they'll call me, like, Little J or J, mm-hmm. and, um, but in private, they call me by my real name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Family full I, of yeah. aliases. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I'm not so much aliases, it's just the name of the show, and it's just kind of funny when that's it basically became my social media name. Your yeah, you're just online identity. Yeah, that's yeah. my that's my online identity that yeah. Rihanna made for me. And so like I said, she named everything. Yeah. Just well, I mean with it. me, it's like with with 
with Raven, that became my like identity um, mm-hmm. through like most recently through through Derby, yeah. you know, through playing roller derby. But even it's gotten to the point now where even just outside of Derby, I still, you know, people know me as Raven. So, yeah. Exactly. With me, it was more um, kind of scrambling at the last second um, mm-hmm. because um, that was about um, around the time when I started doing burlesque and I wanted to not use my real name. And then um, it Creating kind of. Creating a professional yeah. alias sort of thing. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of says who I am because it references <clears throat> um, Little J, uh, Little J from uh, Gossip Girl. And. Also, it sounds like Sinclair is kind of like sin and sinful, and so that's pretty much and it just kind that of kind sound, of thing. It, yeah. it sounds like a fancy burning. Yeah, it's got, yeah. A, it's got a certain ring to it. Yeah. What's bad for me it's, is that when I hear Sinclair, I think Earl Sinclair from Dinosaurs. So <laughs> that's where my brain goes. Yep. That's where my brain goes. That's the only Sinclair I've got reference to. Mm-hmm. So. See, and for me, I always go to Dolly and Alan. Colleen Sinclair and Ellen Sinclair. Oh, yeah. Dr. Martos. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a family full of references. It is. Mm-hmm. But these are people we actually know. <laughs> no, my... Yeah, I'm just... Bleh, words. <clears throat> Moving on. You <laughs> usually need to have those for an audio format. <laughs> Drink some more coffee so you can word better. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to human. I'm going to plant now. <laughs> I share DNA with these two. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. I know. I didn't say swap DNA with these two. That would be disgusting. No, sharing DNA is pretty. It's like, we don't know where that DNA came from that you're sharing with us. Like, seriously, we don't know where you've been. Oh, wait, I do. Yep. Have you washed your hands recently? I do know where you've been, and you know where I've been. That makes it worse. No, yeah. no one knows where I've been. I do, and I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm half terrified and half super proud. So there okay, we go. good. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Cause family. Touching moment. <laughs> Audio she, format. Nobody can yeah, see. Nobody can see you actually just, touching her. I just, I just touched my mom's face. Yep. Because it was a touching moment. It was a touching moment. So she literally face literally me <laughs> by palming my face. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So. Uh, Dear Fam Demley, yes, what what brings you back to the show this week? You asked us. No. Yeah, I've never been. Besides yeah, that, yes. that, that was primarily. I think it. Yeah, Jay's never been. Yeah, I've, so. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, yes, because yeah. when you guys were doing the episode, um, drinking with family, or yeah, 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 yeah that it was, I, was, it was way back you, in the day. It was yeah. you and I and D and. It was Glenn and too. Rihanna yeah. and Glenn was Rihanna there. and Glenn. Yeah. And, and yeah, and we were all like everybody except for Glenn and Dee were drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But because I was listening to that yeah. and I was like, I need to do this because it sounds like a blast. Yeah. And, and here we, we are. And we know a guy. <laughs> we know a guy <laughs> um, that we share DNA with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So for you, it's your first time on this podcast. <laughs> Yes. And it's my second time on this podcast. I know we actually we actually do stuff other than just annoy your uncle. Yeah, yeah. you don't Although, annoy me that often anymore because y'all live far away. No, you live far away, honey. We live in the middle of everything, and you're like 
far AF. <laughs> because Phoenix, yeah. surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So. Although I do sometimes like verbally bitch slapping you on Twitter because it's kind of funny. Yeah. But. I usually start those fights though, so. Mm-hmm. I just don't take your shit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It's like if I, you know, if we can't actually physically smack each other and back upside the head, then yeah. we just do it across Twitter. Which exactly. we still need to do the physical smacking upside the head. Yeah, it just, yeah. Like, yeah, it just occurs to me I have not actually, you know, assaulted you since we've been here. Yeah, no. I, I figured I felt like something was missing. Yeah. Like I forgot something. Yeah. <laughs> it's family. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's weird. Nobody's been hit yet. <laughs> because nobody can see us. Yeah. But that's why. Yeah. Otherwise, there'd be like there would be familial bitch slaps like oh, yes. around. I think it's because Rihanna's not in the room to to uh, disprove of me abusing my family, so it, like, uh, it takes all the fun out of it. I think yeah. bitch slapping people is like my third favorite thing to do. <laughs> in your, true. If that's in third, I don't want to know what one and two are. In your in your line of work and your your profession and everything, that's actually valid. Yeah. Because people ask you to bitch slap them. Yes. yes. I've, I've broken a nail bitch slapping someone and it was actually pretty fun. I wasn't even mad about the nail. Okay. So for the... So, so yeah, I was like, that was going to kind of go to is like, since you brought it up, what is your line of work, what officially speaking? <clears throat> yes. Um. So I'm a superhero. I'm just kidding. Um... If you're, I, uh, if you're a superhero, you need to be doing more than bitch slapping somebody. <laughs> um, I am the incredible a incredible bitch slapper. <laughs> I am a uh, burlesque performer that specializes in sideshow and shock with a little uh, like classic influences and drag influences, but also do um, like alternative modeling and stuff too. Yeah. And I just had my first, um, like, bio queen, like, uh, drag performance last night with um, some burlesque in it, too, which was fine. Okay. Lots of big fancy words. (laughs) (laughs) Do Um, I need to break it down? Yeah. Uh, How would I put this? Uh, You're British. Tone it down a bit. Okay. (laughs) Not British, but the joke works. Yeah. Because... I understand what you said. Mm-hmm. Listeners might not. Listeners may not understand okay. all of the big schmancy uh, <laughs> so, burlesque so, industry terms you just oh, threw okay. out there. So okay. yeah, so like take us through like a typical Jason Clare show. A typical Jason Clare show, um, as far as an actual performance, you can expect um, glitter, fake blood, uh, candle wax, um, uh, cigarette burnings, um, boobs, staple booty, guns. staple guns, l- real blood, fake blood, mm. all kinds of props and things. It's a good, sexy, scary time. Yeah. Fear boner. Fear boner. Yes. Men. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> but a lot of people do, enough people do that she actually has a legit um, fan base yeah. in, in yeah, the valley that. and also outside of the valley. So. Yeah. And I, I see you do a lot. You like constantly like traveling out to LA and stuff and doing shows out there. Yeah, I was, oops, sorry, mom. I was just in uh, Lancaster on Friday. Doing a show for the Amish. <laughs> the freaky Amish, I yeah. guess. <laughs> that's, that's, what's the word? Uh, hmm. Rumspringer. Yeah, Rumspringer! We're off, to, we're off to see the burlesque show. <laughs> I don't know why they decided that's what the Amish sound like today. <laughs> Did you ever watch that show Amish in the City? The Amish reality show of like, I saw the first season of Breaking Amish. 
There was which was entire, which from what I understood was like ninety percent staged. It was basically, oh, here's our story. We're going to recreate some mm-hmm. stuff that happened to us, but yeah, yeah this that was, was my understanding of how that all played out. Yeah, Amish in the city was kind of like an extended Rumspringer. It's basically a bunch of mm-hmm. Amish kids were given the option of spending, like, doing a reality show and spending time in like the city with normal, civilized, non-Amish yeah. roommates and experiencing things, and it was all documented. And then at the end of the show, they were given the option of either staying in the city and living there or going back to their Amish community. Yeah. And it was it was interesting. I think there was like one or two out of like the five of them. There were one or two um, that actually went back to being Amish and then a couple yeah. that stayed. But yeah, it was like these five Amish kids with five regular kids and they were all roommates together in this apartment and mm-hmm. like some big city. And it was kind of like going like weird cultural thing the real world i'm not familiar Puxitani. yes i'm not familiar this no was you're few, not familiar you're quite this was unusual few, this was a few years back it was okay yeah yeah i don't know her ladies and gentlemen come to the stage a few years back <laughs> <laughs> that's my new band name seriously there there's a, a severe shortage of band names all yeah. the good band names have been taken that's my new uh scott punk band name <laughs> it's i mean I, I, I go back to the plain white tees just for the fact of, come on, seriously, your fucking name is the plain white tees? <laughs> and I figured there needs to be like a parody band of them that all show up in Snapple bottles. I agree. <laughs> there needs to be a burlesque troupe called the plain white tees, but... Oh my God, yes! Yeah. Yes! That needs to happen. That needs to happen at hump day. Yep. Yes. Either a burlesque group or a drag queen. I don't know. It seems... It can be a theme for hump day. It absolutely should be a theme for hump day. Yes. Plain white tees. So when I become a producer for hump day, I'll do that. Or I may approach it to one of my comrades. There you go. I've got an idea, comrade. I can't do a Russian accent. My voice is fucked right now. In communist Russia. (laughs) In communist Russia, they hump you. (laughs) My My phone screen just died. I see that. It's... That's that's what happens when you have toddlers. Indeed. Yeah. And fidgety fingers. Yeah. And you start peeling at the part of your phone screen where they were fucking with it, and then you just rip it off. My Good fuckers, man. My Good phone case is like falling apart, and I don't even abuse it. It's just kind of no. There but you ab- you abuse read. yourself, and your phone gets damaged in the process. You know. Yeah. You know when when you you know do stuff that involves fire and grinding mechanisms and and yes. and heavy machinery sometimes yep. your phone gets caught in a crossfire it does it's, it's a casualty not, not if it's occupational actually, hazard no. yeah i've had uh lamp oil spilled on my phone before and i almost like uh, had a heart attack because yeah. i was performing with um agents of lust which is a fire and grinding and stuff like that and uh someone knocked over lamp oil i'm like ah! <laughs> Like no, yeah. Because when it comes to phone insurance, liquid is liquid. Yeah, I dropped a phone in a fry. I didn't drop it. It it fell off of my belt clip into a fryer. Oh my god! So about three hundred degree oil. My phone fell into the fryer. Uh, It still worked. That's impressive. The little, all the little, like side, the little like tabs. I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing like the panic moment of like. Like if you drop your phone in the toilet and then you just kind of instinctively like reach in and it's like and then you realize after the fact oh I just stuck my hand in the toilet yeah. you know you know because you just instinctively want to grab your phone and save it yeah. I'm just picturing like the resisting the instinct to reach into the fryer grease that's like uh, oh, Caroline no. and Nick and Nora 
because I've spent so many years in food, I, I worked that reflex out. Yeah. I've dropped plenty of things in fryers. And I've known, I can honestly say I've never dropped anything in a fryer. I've known of guys who like back in the day, like it was like, oops, I dropped it into the fryer without the basket or something like that. And they like dove after it. And <gasps> I've heard horror stories about like, oh, he I dropped a corn dog in the grease without the basket. And he just instinctively dove after it and shoved like up to his elbow in the fryer oh, God. in like a, like two seconds in and out. And it was like, damage is done. Yeah. It's oil. It sticks to everything. Yeah. So like you're not going to see it, but it's going to be cooking for a bit. And you got to mm-hmm. you know, spend several minutes iced. But I, I managed to avoid that. avoid that reflex. I fished it out quickly. But mm-hmm. uh, it all the little tabs, you know, back in the day when you would have a little tab that covered your uh, charge port and headphone yeah. jack and all that stuff, all those melted off. Oh, I'm sure. But it and like the screen was caked with oil and crap like that. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like so under the screen is all greasy, but it's still and like the mic, everything was all caked, but it still worked. Yeah. yeah. And it was a pre-touch screen era phone. So it was like it was a slider, but it still worked. And after it cooled down, I was actually able to call Rihanna and say, Hey, um, my phone is messed up, so I'm not if you try and call me, uh it's probably not gonna work. Yeah. But it worked for a couple of days, at least until my like I was able to go buy a new phone. Yeah. But yeah. But that's, still, that's, that's like... That's happened. Uh, yeah, the worst for me is just dropping my phone in the toilet. Oh, no, I take that back. Um, so maybe not quite... Not as extreme, and but just more interesting just because of the environment. It was the first time that Slayer and Marilyn Manson toured together and did mm-hmm. their tour. And D and I went and we met up with um, uh, some friends I had at the time. And it's out at the whatever the big... It's changed names so many times, but... So like- at the time it's it was cric- a desert sky pavilion. Yeah, at the yeah. time it was cricket pavilion. Yeah. I have but yeah, it's been like every other kind of pavilion since then, but you know, Who the, owns the big it this open week Yeah, whoever owns it in this week it's going to be named after their business. Yeah. You know, big outdoor show. We were we had lawn tickets yeah. and it's hot out it's summertime it's a metal show so everybody's in black. Yeah. <laughs> um cuz we're but, smart like that. Exactly. Cuz you know, metalheads don't fuck around. But they always have the giant water cannons up at the back of the lawn to, you know, between sets to like cool off the crowd and keep everybody, you know. Oh, they have those at Warp Tour and they're super nice. Yeah, they have them. They have permanent water cannons at the, what you call it. So I wanted to run up to the water cannon to get hosed down and cool off and just drench from head to toe by the water cannon. After the fact, I remembered that I always keep my phone in my back pocket. And I had been, you know, hosed down multiple times by the water cannon at the Slayer concert. And yeah, it was pretty severely drowned and there was no saving it at that point. Yeah, that that would definitely kill the phone. Yeah, killed the phone. I said it's not as anything as dramatic as like dropping it in, a you know, a fryer or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, again, it's like cooler because it's the environment. It's like you're at Slayer, you know. Mm-hmm. Like my phone died at a Slayer concert. <laughs> I was murdered by a water cannon. <laughs> I drowned. Brutal. <laughs> I, I I drowned my phone at Slayer. Somebody over here is trying to fight a giggle fit. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious, <laughs> actually. I never not giggle. This is true. You can tell me I'm going to die in seven days, and I'll be like cracking up, falling on the floor, like face red. Really? Yeah. You are going to die in seven days. <laughs> Am I Probably not? from. 
probably <laughs> from just, you know, lack of oxygen to your brain. You know. Entirely possible. That no, would mean having one, but I mean, you know, whatever. I told oh, snap. <laughs> how dare. So how um there is I forgot when it was or what the context of the conversation was, but I remember um telling you, Mom, mm-hmm. that um if I were to like choose my death if I were to choose my death, then I would want to go um buy a firing squad to go out with a bang. <laughs> if you could hear my eyes rolling right now. <laughs> <sighs> the man cannot eye roll hard enough. Oh. See, and this is this goes back to a prior discussion that we had off off the air mm-hmm. of uh, you know cheap puns aren't good and good yeah. puns aren't cheap. Yep. So. Yep. I got a billion this is of why, these. This is why we can't have nice things, young yep. lady. <laughs> so let, let me ask you a question: If uh, you don't pay your exorcist, do you get repossessed? <laughs> <laughs> These are, the You're kind of, these are the kind of jokes that Rihanna tells. That's the problem. These are like uh, Laffy Taffy rejects right now. Yeah. <laughs> she will read me the Laffy Taffy and think they're the greatest jokes in the world. And that's Well, her favorite show is also Dino Trucks, so... We're so behind on Dino Trucks. See? I don't know that show. The shame. I don't know her. The shame of it all. Yeah. It's okay. No, we're... we're you know, we have to prioritize. Supernatural comes way before Dino Trucks. Word. So, and nah. and I'm, you know, because I'm more of a nerd, I'm trying to catch up on all the, the CW DC universe shows. And I'm, I am almost <laughs> caught up with last season of Supergirl. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Supergirl's okay, but yeah. that's just like, D and Glenn, that's more their thing. Yeah. And then like, our thing is, you know. Drag race. Yeah, drag race. <laughs> RuPaul's um, drag race all day, every day. Uh, Skin wars. Skin but my wars as far <laughs> as like um, superhero um, series and stuff like that, right, I, right now I am obsessed with Jessica Jones. Not because it's just like, aside from it just being an am- amazing show and well-written and everything, it hits really close to home. So I'm just like, yes! You've got things. super strength too and... She yes. totally does. She's a she's a closet superhero. Yeah. yeah. Rosario yeah, Dawson is totally her bestie. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wish Rosario yeah. Dawson was my bestie. Dude. <laughs> Dude. She just seems like she'd be like the most fun person in the world to right? hang out and get drunk with. <laughs> and I feel like she like, would be. You look be at the movies re- she's done. You're like, you've been in that and wait and that and what? <laughs> she did Clerks two because there was a donkey show in it. Yeah. Like, that's what sold her on. She's like, there's a donkey show? I'm in. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> and then yet she was in Men in Black, too. Mm-hmm. But then she's also basically the linchpin of the Marvel Netflix universe. I thought it was DC. Is it? I don't know. That's no, Marvel. it's Marvel. Because okay. Jessica Jones is... That's right. Jessica that's Jones is Marvel. And mm-hmm. then and she's Defenders. part of that. And then Daredevil. And Daredevil and... Defenders. Uh, the Luke Defenders, Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Fist. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Fist can, you know, go fist himself. <laughs> I am the Iron so. Fist. Wait, here we go. <laughs> I am the Iron Fist. I am the Iron Fist. <laughs> I have, I've seen all of the, the series except for Iron Fist because everybody said it was so awful. I was like, no, I'll pass. It's a cheesy character anyway. Yeah. You see, and I just can't, for me, like, I just can't, the, the whole, like, comic book movie and TV show thing thing of like all the marvel and dc characters and and stories all being converted to television and film now just to me i'm just so ridiculously over it 
that I just have none of them really hold my attention at all, especially not the movies. So like Avengers and Iron Man and Spider-Man and all of that. Like, seriously, I just. There are a few. There are a few exceptions. Guardians of the Galaxy was stupid. I'm sorry. Ah, How dare. Um, I haven't seen the second one. I want to. Scott Pilgrim. That's not like DC or Marvel. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, talking wait. about like the superhero. Oh, okay. Part. I was going to say like yeah. Scott Pilgrim and Sin City and Sin City, stuff I like couldn't that. get into either. Oh, I love Sin City. I hate Sin Jessica City Alba, is, <laughs> Yeah. Really Sin do. City are beautiful films. Yeah. They're not great movies. Yeah. They're, I, they're very well. They're they're visually they're appealing. visually they're, appealing, yeah. but that's yeah. about it. That's really yeah. the reason why I like it so much is because of the art. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's but because it's that whole yeah. like film noir look. Yeah, you know yeah. that's why I it's like. It's not I, about it's it's Frank Miller. It's not the movie. It's, it's yeah. because it's you know uh, was the the spirit. Watched, they did the same thing with the spirit, except mm-hmm. when they because they'd already done it in Sin City. You're like, oh well. You're doing the exact same thing you did in that other Frank Miller novel you guys mm-hmm. uh, adapted. Mm-hmm. And this one isn't as well received, so uh, we're not going to go see that one. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I could watch Sin City on mute, but yeah. hey. And I think but that's kind that, of that how kind of I would works. have to watch it to enjoy it is on yeah. mute because, ugh. yeah. That movie was sold with a lot of like, oh, look, it's Jessica Alba playing a stripper, except you're not going to ever see her naked. So yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> well, same thing with this- Rose McGowan in um, Planet Terror. Yeah, I yeah, think it was kind okay. of yeah. They played up way too much in those movies that like oh you're gonna see like this person playing a stripper. I was like um no, you but you see never playing a stripper. You go watch striptease and see uh, her machine gun leg was way sexier than her stripping. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, come she on, became machine gun leg. She became like the badass, like was killing everybody with the machine gun yeah. leg and the whole like, thing. And that was I awesome. think that's an easy. Like a fair trade, like nudity, machine gun leg. Oh yeah, no, I yeah. would rather I would yeah. rather see girl with a machine gun leg, like just annihilating all the bad guys, mm-hmm. versus you know basic hoe grinding on a pole. Yeah, exactly. You know? Coming to, from a basic hoe who used to grind on a pole, yeah. same. I still would <laughs> rather see that. No, it's funny. I actually heard not to drag all into that whole mm-hmm. thing, but. Yeah. I heard an interview from Robert Rodriguez where he said he cast Rose McGowan in that role literally as a middle finger to Harvey Weinstein. That's awesome. That he had heard from Rose at like an industry party mm-hmm. that her story of her, what happened with her and Harvey. Yeah. And because he was like, hey, why didn't you audition for this movie? And he's like, I've been blacklisted by the Weinsteins. I yeah. can't. And he was like, oh, Really? And she told him the whole story and everything. He's like, well... You're going to have to fill me in on that. So... Rose McGowan is one of the ones who was assaulted. She was actually raped by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, oh, apparently, like, shit. word is that there was a $100,000 payout to her. And so she had a, a non-disclosure agreement. But yeah, so she wasn't allowed to talk. And she even said she was like, oh, I'm like, I could get in trouble just for telling you this story. And he's like, well... Mike, like Robert Rodriguez, like, hey, well, my contract isn't with Harvey. My contract is with Bob, and he has no control over my movie. Yeah. So, guess what? I'm going to put you in my next movie. Mm-hmm. And he walks over, he takes Rose, walks over to Harvey. He's like, hey, Harvey, have you met Rose? I just cast her in my new movie. Oh, that <laughs> movie that your company's producing? I just put her in it. And right. the entire point of him putting her, it was in Planet Terror, yeah. was as just a shove it. Yeah. 
It was like, I'm not allowed to talk, but I can do something and really stick it to Harvey. And that was that's awesome. Good. You know. Because yeah, I mean I follow I I absolutely follow Rose McGowan on Twitter and just yeah. Oh, yeah, all me the too. stuff that she posts and yeah. hashtag Rose Army. Yeah. Faux reels is <laughs> Yeah, so it's and like sometimes I think she gets a little. She does she gets, get very militant with it, and yeah. she gets carried away and gets mm-hmm. a little. Yeah. She absolutely gets militant with it, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, you know, how do you tell somebody to tone down their passion when they've got a cause? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I did like when she called out uh, Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, it was like you know, it was like Ben Affleck is over there. It's like, oh, this is a terrible thing, and when she's like, you literally told me at a party. I told Harvey to knock this shit off. Mm-hmm. So you knew and you didn't do anything about it. So don't sit there and, and tell the press that you didn't know he was such a perv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. Everybody's known yeah. all along. Everybody. Just, yeah. yeah. Now everybody's trying to do damage control for having been silent about it. For I mean, ever. I've been seeing on Twitter that one um, Courtney Love gif, uh, like circling around where um, they're, interviewers like is there any like advice you could give girls in ho- like um hollywood and she's like yeah if he um ever approaches you to go to a party say no yeah yeah i remember, I remember and it's like courtney and the whole thing is like courtney love tried to warn everybody like x number of years ago mm-hmm. yeah but it you know there's been no point in history where you can take courtney love's word as a bit of good advice yeah so i mean and she went she wasn't through- a reliable source for 90 percent of her life she did this was during a period though where she was actually kind of had you know cleaned up her image quite a bit and she was actually getting a lot of movie roles and doing well yeah, like she like, got was a like low level-headed yeah the, the people versus larry flint people versus larry, larry yeah. flint one um, of my favorite Phelan, movies Minnesota. she had done a couple other movies after larry flint and i think she actually like got a I don't remember if she won it or was at least nominated for the Golden Globe for Larry Flint. Yeah. Um, Still cracks. But she was like getting to all of the, invited to all the stuff. And she actually was really kind of working on cleaning up her image and was doing well. Um, But there was still, there's still those people that just like, oh, it's Courtney Love. She's freaking crazy, you know, junkie and a hot mess. And we're not going to take her seriously. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, yes, she has this reputation from, you know, before. And she does have a history of drug addiction and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like, maybe part of it could be, you know, nobody's taking her seriously, Be not necessarily because of who she is, but maybe that's why she's not as because... Mm -hmm. She's lashing out because she's not being taken serious when it is serious, you know. Right. And now she's acting out. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'd heard all of the, uh, you know, Courtney killed Kurt rumors, and I just, I'd never really heard all of the details of it until recently, mm-hmm. as I was listening to uh, uh, Hysteria Fifty One, and they did a whole special on music conspiracies. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, that's all the shit. You know, when you put it like that, <laughs> like I'd, I'd never heard all of the kind of the. I knew there was a lot of questionable, shady stuff about Courtney and Kurt and all that, but I'd never heard of the details of it. Yeah. Like, even the guy she hired to prove that she didn't do it was like, um, I, I think you did it. Yeah. I honestly, you know, regardless of it, I still just having grown up in that era and listening to Nirvana mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, look at Nirvana and everything they did and you listen to the music and it's very much like when Chester Bennington died. It's like, yeah. you know, it's right there. It, clear the, as day. All of the evidence and his cries for help are in the damn music, you know, and with Nirvana, same thing, you know, everything was just so self-loathing and self-deprecating. 
and he hated his celebrity and he made a point to like let the world know that he hated the celebrity um so do i necessarily do i think that that relationship was healthy no do i think that courtney was a good thing and a good person positive influence in his life absolutely not but i don't think she killed him yeah you know i think but i think she certainly capitalized on it for sure yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. i mean she still fights with dave Grohl over the rights to music and images Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think they're still they're fighting right now because somebody wants to release some of the uh the pictures of the body Oh yeah, and that's crap. Yeah, that's that's shitty. I was like, why are you going to do that? And I was like, there's there's nothing to be gained from that. Like, what's even there's the point? Super, there's like freaky, like scary super fans out there that want to see that yeah. stuff, and then there's mm-hmm. like the like Hollywood underground that capitalizes on seeing horrible things like that. You yeah. know, yeah. It's like with like pictures the the pictures of Marilyn Monroe's dead body, you yeah. know, things like that. And it's like Or Amy Winehouse. Or Amy Winehouse, you know, mm-hmm. seriously. Um there's there's people that want to see it. And because there's it may be a small, weird fringe group, but because they're there, they're willing to pay a lot of money for yeah. shit like that. The fringe will pay a lot of money to uh feed their habit. I yeah. feel like there's something that kind of links all of those um like together not just like 27 club or anything like that but it's like fame does something to a person especially in like that kind of like hollywood like level where you kind of like something in you like snaps well yeah i mean and a lot of that is coming out with all of these with all these sexual assault and whatever allegations that are coming out now i think you know People are just getting sick to death of it and, and standing up yeah. and saying something finally. And it makes you wonder if like a lot of these deaths and, and due to ODs and addictions and it's because they just everything can't. else from back in the day, it's like maybe some of it could have been prevented if, you know, these... We treated you know, if these, these if people these horrible like people. things didn't happen and they weren't being covered up, you know what I yeah. mean? If the culture of Hollywood wasn't so shitty to begin with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's, like, ruined perfectly good people. Yeah. yeah. And, like, as far as um, fame and the whole celebrityism or whatever the fuck I'm talking about um, <laughs> is, like, create, like... Celebrity status. Yeah. Celebrity yeah. status is um, kind of muddying up their life. Like, I guess I I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. My word, my <laughs> words, words are getting all twisted. Like, yeah. I know it in my head, but I just can't word properly. Yeah. Try more gum. <laughs> House of a Thousand References. Yes. Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham. <laughs> or Twyla, Twyla, Twyla. Or Michael, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd. Michael Kidd. But you keep it keep in it here. here. <laughs> <laughs> I pierced the toast. Albert, you, you pierced, pierced the, the toast. toast. So what? <laughs> when I was, um, when I was oh. living with Corey, the... Um, one of one of our favorite um, parts to quote was Al, you old so and so. How about those dolphins? <laughs> oh my god! So I actually funny story tying into how we just totally derailed the previous serious train of thought and went silly. Because mm-hmm. um, us, because yes. that's that's how we do. Yeah, that's- can't stay serious for too long. What the no. fuck is that wrong? Yeah, nope. this this family is so ADD. Like seriously, we can't even. Um, I've had but- three conversations with one person. <laughs> All at once at the same time. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. 
But uh, funny story, like the first time I went to Florida for the 70,000 tons of metal cruise, um, we arrived trying to get the cheapest flight there that we possibly can. And so we arrived at like four in the morning. We're just kind of milling about the airport because nothing is open yet we get a cab and he's like where do you want to go like um so we're getting on a cruise but the port doesn't open till 10 and they don't start boarding until like noon so we don't know what to do until then do you know what's even open right now he's like well i could take you down to south beach like there might be some places there if not you can just hang out on the beach and i'm like cool whatever that's fine so we're like lugging our our luggage behind us and carrying all of our stuff, just walking down South beach. And we find this hotel that has um, like one of the few restaurants that was open Mm -hmm. at that time in the morning. It was like five, six in the morning at this point, but they were open and it's like this hotel and they have this lovely outdoor sidewalk cafe. We're like, Oh my God, we're so starving. And you're open. Yes. Let's wheel our stuff in here from walking down the sidewalk in South beach, Miami, South beach, Miami, wheel our stuff in there. And we have breakfast, orange juice and everything like literally the best orange juice I've ever had in my life. Yeah. You kept and going on about it for like a week after you dude, got back. Seriously. Now I get the, I Florida orange juice. I so get it now, but so we, you know, do the whole thing. And then we're like, okay, we're going to go and just kind of crash on the beach. And we walk down to the beach after breakfast and there's all these like really colorful lifeguard stations all up and down the beach. So after we got home from our trip, we're like, we were just in Florida. Let's watch the birdcage. And so we're watching the birdcage and that scene where, you know, you should go away for a while. You look tired, that whole scene, and then walking back up to the apartment and then yeah. leading and segueing into the Albert You Pierce the Toast scene. We're watching the movie now, and we realize that's the cafe that we had breakfast at that <laughs> morning. And we look up and the scene, like when it, the scene where they're on the beach first comes up, we're like, that's the lifeguard station we just were at. It's like Shit. all the lifeguard all the lifeguard stations along South Beach are all really big and colorful and no two lifeguard station is alike. All of them are completely different from each other. So it's not like, oh, you can't tell that that's that specific one because, you know, station to station to station. But no, they are all completely different from each other. So we're like, no, this was the big square pink one. And that's exactly where we were. And we walked straight up and that's where that's the cafe that we had breakfast at. We're like, we know all of this. We were literally right there two days ago. Yeah. It was fun. fun. <laughs> Segwaying, it's, um, I, I think I was telling you this. I haven't told you yet, but it's really cool. So um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but Hump Day Burlesque is having a 90s show. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a group number as the Spice Girls. And the producer, uh, my friend uh, Katrina, was like was really nervous to break the news to me that I wasn't going to be ginger. Because I'm a redhead and she thought I was going to want that so badly. She's like, unfortunately, we're going to have to make you Baby Spice. And I'm like, dude. Not even realizing that Baby Spice was her favorite Spice Girl. I'm like, you don't understand. It's like, girl, I'm in. Yes. You're you're making assumptions based on my hair color, bitch. How dare you assume my... I don't know. Why it got to be about color? (laughs) How dare you assume my spice, my flavor? Yeah. (laughs) Why you got to bring color into this? Why you got to bring hair color into this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, because we've rambled, but <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break and, and, and run some promos because since we're, we're, because we always go way long when I, when I have somebody else around, 
We like but, to talk. <laughs> yeah. But we are going to take a quick break and, and run some podcast promos. I'm not doing a, a featured show. This is an extra show this week, if you hadn't noticed. So I'm going He's to be extra. back. And we will start pimping <laughs> your shit when we come back. Hey, everyone. I am Mike Jolitz from the Mike Jolitz Show, available on Spreaker.com and iTunes soon, I hope. I do a show where I mention some news items, celebrity stuff, stupid criminals, and just silly things I read on the interweb. Proud member of the Potter family. Mysteries, conspiracies, weird history, and the unexplained. A new topic each week. So join me, Curse the Mole Man, as we crack open a beer and maybe have a few laughs as we explore the weird and the strange of the Couch Potato Files. Check out a new episode every Friday at thecouchpotatofiles.com. So normally this would be the part of the show where I start... uh, recommending stuff and 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 suggesting a podcast that somebody or whoever you out there dear listeners uh should be checking out mm-hmm. but as i have a special guests here who are you know technically here to do some pimping um i think i am going to uh let's let see. the pimps do the pimping yep yep i'm i'm yeah <laughs> let y'all do your pimping i love it when you call me big pop <laughs> sorry I'm sorry, I can't hear that and not think of that movie with Keanu Reeves and all the kids. Mm-hmm. Or was it Hardball? I've never seen that. I know what movie you're talking about, yeah. but I've never seen it. I didn't cry. Of course not. I'm not you crying, you're crying. Can't prove I didn't oh, cry. Oh yeah. That movie. oh my god, that movie fucked me up with some feels. Yeah. Oh. Yep. That and yep. Chappie. Yeah, which yeah. I still need to see. But yeah. That's so good. <laughs> but so let's Let's start with uh, is it youth before before your no, mom? No, let let's <laughs> let a uh, let okay m- m- mother lady go first. Okay. Okay, sister. Yes. So yeah, the thing I have. So what I do, we were mentioning earlier, you know, talking about religions versus cults and CrossFit and everything. I am a. Um, I just recently graduated with. Um, from Scottsdale Community College with a degree in exercise science. And I am taking my degree and trying and turning it into a business. I've been a um, uh, like strength and conditioning coach for the Arizona Derby Dames roller derby league that I still skate for and have been for eight years. Um, it's a but long I've been, time to be in derby. It's a very long time to be in derby. There's very few people. I can think of like a handful of people in the league that have been doing it and in it longer than me that are still there and active. Yeah. Um, everybody that was in my fresh meat group, um, and is, is, has long since retired from Derby and I'm literally the only one left in the league from that went through training from my group. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the last one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for like Much the last like four, around, you're the <clears throat> old guy. I know. Right. <laughs> um, but, but no, so I've been, um, I've been a trainer. I've been a fresh meat trainer. Um, for four years, I've been the strength and conditioning coach for about three, three and a half years, and then got a degree in exercise science. Um, Derby basically kind of got me into a love of, you know, wanting to not just a love of fitness, but a love of like coaching and training and, and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, so with that, it developed into, 
you know, opening up, making myself available to skaters in the league to want to do extra workouts, you know, to help them get stronger and, you know, build up their aerobic capacity and all that fun jazz um, outside of practice. And, you know, cause they're just like, we know we need to do this, but I just need some guidance. And then that turned into, okay, I'm going to actually get educated in this and become certified. And I want to make this my career. And I have since become, I've gone through, uh, gotten into CrossFit. I've got my CF level one, um, a little over a year ago, and I am an on-staff coach at uh, Chuck Walla CrossFit, which is in our old neighborhood in Sunny Slope, which is really crazy. Um, and we've so lived I, all, like all over. If really, if you drive across Phoenix, you're gonna find a place we used to live. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like for me, I think like the like the core like old stomping grounds yeah. for the family in general, I think is the sunny slope neighborhood because that's where we spent the most yeah. time as the six of the us. Time. Yeah. yeah. And, um, that's the, and that's the neighborhood that we lived in when I had, when I had Cinda. So yeah. And the yeah. house you currently live in is not too far from, uh, where I was born and almost died. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Emergency appendectomy at 14 years old due to an exploded appendix is not fun. Literally right after my birthday. Yep. yep. And the same week that we lost Papa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which was tragic. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I basically, like, with Derby, it developed a love for fitness and then a love for training and got my degree and um, working on my um, uh, other certifications and got uh, – my level one trainer with CrossFit so I can, um, I work, I've been working at Chuck Walla CrossFit and did my complete my apprenticeship there. And now I'm actually working on building my own business. Cause the end goal with all of this for me was to, you know, be being an entrepreneur, going into business for myself and, you know, making my own hours, being my own boss, doing my own yeah. thing and kind of developing my own kind of vibe, which I've really done with my, with the Derby skaters over the years. And I'm just now taking that and, um, expanding it to outside the Derby community to make it a legitimate business. So I've been, I host a fit camp, um, every Tuesday night right now during the winter hours, it's at five 30 in the evening and it alternates between, um, like every other Tuesday it'll be at my house and on the other Tuesdays it'll be at, um, the, uh, uh, the track, like the football stadium track bleachers at Phoenix college. And it's just basically an hour long, you know, fitness camp. We focus on it's a lot of like AMRAP style workouts, a lot of body weight training, um, a lot of, you know, cardio and strength training and, and things like that. Um, but just basically like utilizing what you have and, and utilizing your environment. You don't have to have, you know, a gym membership and access to, you know, weights and tons of equi- expensive equipment and everything in order to take care of your body and stay active and stay in shape. Um, so that's kind of the aspect. Um, that's the direction that I take it with, um, with lunatic fitness. So, and I have a website launching in on black Friday, which is going to be super duper cool. Raven Friday, Raven Friday. Yes. <laughs> So Coach Raven is going to have a a website for Lunatic Fitness and you it's basically going to have just all kinds of fun like, you know, fitness inspiration um and uh you can book eventually I'll have like things like 
you know, active wear and merge and stuff like that. But it's primarily just to get information for what Lunatic Fitness is about um, and uh, booking for um, one-on-one coaching, programming, personal training. You'll have the option of if you want to book training sessions, you know, there's rates for training sessions that includes like all the programming and uh, fitness evaluations. Or if you just like, you know, I don't necessarily want one-on-one training, but I just need a direction of what to do in a program, then you can just do that too. You know, it's like for flat rate for like a four week program and evaluation um, versus one on one training, you know, yeah. so there's a little bit of something for everybody um, for whatever their fitness goals are for whatever their budget is. And you don't, you know, you can come to me or I can go to you, you don't have to have expensive equipment and a fancy gym or anything in order to take care of your body and become a super fit badass, you know, because yeah, I think that's probably when it comes to fitness, that's a really big it's, it's a, it's a deterrent is gyms themselves are a deterrent because yeah. you get gym rats and you get, you know, roid monsters that go in there. It's like, do you even lift bro? Yeah, exactly. You know, those are the kind of, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I've spent a, a hand, a little bit of time in a gym in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm easily intimidated in a gym environment. Yeah. So, and commercial gyms, um, commercial gyms can absolutely be intimidating. Like I myself have gone to a number of commercial gyms just as a patron, you know, yeah. and there's some franchises that I have found that I just will not go back to at all, no matter the location, because I just find the, the vibe of the overall, you know, franchise or, or whatever, just really intimidating because it kind of caters to and promotes to the gym rat type yeah. person. Professional- and lifters and things yeah like, like you know so instead of like just the average person or somebody who's like the average person and eventually wants to be in that kind of shape but because they're not there yet they feel really uncomfortable and intimidated you know but they still feel like they need something in some kind of direction and don't want to be judged so it's like a homeless guy going to a job fair kind of situation yeah it's like you know you're you're doing what you need to do in order to take care of yourself but the environment you're in doesn't necessarily make you feel very comfortable if yeah. you're not quite there yet so you know and also you don't need to have you know a squat rack or machines or things like that. You can use simple things you find around the house. You can use your environment. You can just, you know, go to a park and, you know, do step ups on a park bench or something, or do like decline pushups on a bench or whatever, you know, you can go and there's like this little hilly area at steel Indian school park. And like, I'll take, you know, I'll take people there and we'll do hill sprints. You know, it's like it, we don't, you know, and then the equipment that I do have is stuff that anybody in any budget can afford, things like resistance bands or a jump rope, you know, um, stuff like that, sandbags, you know, yeah. whatever. Easily acquirable. Exactly. Normal and then it can give you kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's in a just really like super, you know, comfortable, welcoming environment, especially it's like, you know, you can come to my home, I can go to your home you know, whichever you mm-hmm. prefer, wherever, wherever your comfort level is. And then eventually you start building up the confidence in yourself to where it's like, you know what, I'm going to take care of me. And then as you, you know, as you get in better and better physical shape and see the changes in you physically, it starts to trigger something mentally and emotionally where you start to have more confidence and all of those outside stimuli that might've, you know, intimidated or scared you before are no longer a factor because you're more confident in yourself. Yeah. 
you know. Sticking with her, her homeless guy <laughs> at the job fair, you, like sort of analogy, you are basically, you're the shave and the haircut and the resume class before he goes to the job fair. Because if he walks right off the street and goes mm-hmm. into the job fair, he's going to just get, it's going to get pushed out. And he's like, you're getting them in yeah. shape. Like, like now you are, you you know what you're doing. You're a little more prepared. And now if you want to, you can go to that other big gym if you want to go, or you've got at least the fundamentals to be able to do this yourself and take care of yourself. Exactly. So it's, it's whatever the, it's whatever the client, whatever the individual is looking to get out of it. Like if you just want to help get over that intimidation, great. If you want, you know, a, a long-term relationship with a professional who's, you know, guiding you on your journey. Cause it's like, it's, it's you and your work and your journey and your goals. I'm just kind of helping you map it out. You know, you know, you need to get from A to B, but you don't know how to get there. So I'm just helping you write the map, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of, you know, you're driving, I'm steering, you know, kind of thing. Um, so however long you, you, you know, the individual wants to get whatever they want to get from that dynamic and that relationship. It's entirely up to the individual and, and what their goals are and how far they want to take it. Um, so it's one of the, it's funny. Um, when I was a fresh meat skater, um, I was not the most skilled. I did not come from a background of being athletic. I wasn't an exerciser. None of that stuff. And I kind of really, I thought roller derby was really cool and I didn't have the nerve to do it for a lot of years. And when I finally did, I found out like, this is like a legit sport and it's really hard. And I worked like crazy and I wasn't as good as the other girls in my fresh meat group, but I went to every practice I could. I went to extra practices. I went and sought out, you know, the different teams whenever they had open practices and did that. And I put in the work and I did it and I did not pass my skills test originally, um, so I had to take, I had to continue training and take my skills test a second time before I could start skating with my team. Um, and I kind of, um, you know, I put in the work and I eventually got to where I wanted to be, but it took a long time and it took a lot of trial and error and it took a lot of, you know, building confidence in myself cause I didn't have it. Um, once I started to get that confidence, um, we had a big sister program at the time. And I wanted to be a big sister. I wanted to help other skaters that were starting out. And I'm like, look, this is the journey that I've been on. And I worked my butt off and I didn't pass my skills test. So it's not the end of the world. And, you know, if I can do it coming from having no athletic background whatsoever, there's no reason in the world you can't too. And I did that with all of my little sisters that I had. And they always went from being like, you know, really timid and no confidence and no skill to, you know, being able to kick my butt on the track and kick the butts of any other people on the track and doing really well. And captain teams. And captain teams, exactly. Um, and just going on to wonderful things. And that's why I, um, uh, the um, uh, management put me in a training position because they're like, we've seen what you've done in the Big Sister program. We actually want you to train. Yeah. So I kind of made a joke at the time that, you know, being being the underdog in my group, being the underdog on my team, being an underdog in the league. I'm like, I am the patron saint of underdogs. And mm-hmm. I kind of just created that label. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of the, I kind of took that and started to own it as, you know, that's the kind of trainer I want to be is like, I'm not here to, you know, 
yes, I want to build superstars, but I want to take the underdog and show them the super superstar inside them. So that's, that's kind of my goal and like my mission with lunatic fitness. And that's awesome. <laughs> See, I don't even have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in the meantime, my wife has actually come and sat down and I'm just watching her reaction to listen to the, like, and she has just been like fixated on this. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. So like getting like the trick is like getting people to, it's like, this is what I can do for you. This is what I've done with the skaters in the league. And I want to take this outside of, of Derby and bring it to more people and, you know, make a, make a life out of it, make a career out of it. You know, my long-term goal is to eventually open up one day, open up my own CrossFit gym. Um, but for right now, I just want to start out with my own small business and then expand from there and then work to the big goal eventually down the road. So I'm not a CrossFit affiliate or anything like that. I do have my level one and I do, um, kind of programs similar to like the conditioning programs I have. It's like kind of a mix between like traditional linear, you know, workout programming and like, um, the AMRAP style of conditioning, You've basically taken all of like the CrossFit fundamentals and the things that you've learned in your training and kind of, I wouldn't say hodgepodge, but you've kind of created your own sort of system that you're using. Yeah. I kind of just take a little bit of, cause you know, with, with my education and with thing, with the things that I've learned through Derby, the things that I've learned with school, the things that I've learned through CrossFit, um, I just kind of take a little bit of all the education and all the things that I've learned from everywhere and just put it all together into in a way that makes sense for that person's needs. So and I bring that to the skaters in the league and I bring that to like other people outside too. So I had a skater who one of the skaters who um, goes to my fit camps every week, like religiously, she's there every single week and works her butt off. She was in fresh meat. She's been drafted to a team and she just had her very first derby bout um, two weeks ago. And in the game, she was unanimously voted MVP blocker by the opposing team. So by the opposing team. Well, yeah, because the opposing team votes for the MVP blocker and MVP jammer for the team that they played. And then they vote for an overall MVP on their own team. Mm -hmm. So when uh, when the beauties were voting for the MVPs for the Doomsday Valkyries, everybody on the team unanimously said Indy killed it. It It's like this is her first game and she just was destroying it. She was she blocked so well. We want her as MVP blocker like she did phenomenal. And then it hit me. I'm like, um. Yeah, she's like the one skater that goes to my fit camps every week, like religiously. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, oh, yeah, she got all of that from me. But at the same time, I'm sure it didn't hurt, you know. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to say I did that, but I did that. Yeah. It's like, but no, and I even told her, I'm like, you know, this is like your commitment to this, like whether you're getting it from me or wherever, I'm like, your commitment to doing this is what got you that MVP. You know, so and the fact that you chose me to help facilitate that for you is, you know, really kind of awesome and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. (laughs) So what is the website going up? It's lunaticfitness.com. It's and it's lunatic with a K. So 
because you know spelling things you know normally is for losers. Oh who yeah, who does no. that anymore? Who even does that? Seriously, I don't think anybody can spell anymore. Yeah. I am a very good speller, and I'm actually kind of a grammar Nazi, like a lot of people in the family are. Um, but yeah, so I just at the same but time, it's, it's more like fun that way. It's more fun that way, and it's you know it's a brand name, you know, and yeah. it's like my skater name has always been Raven Lunatic, and I spell Raven differently. Also, it's spelled R A E V Y N. So, and then lunatic with a K and that's been my skater name for eight years. So it's like, that's your brand. That's my, exactly. Yeah. So Raven lunatic. And then it's, and then it became lunatic fitness as my brand. So, yeah. and then being like a metalhead, I kind of took like the whole, like eat, pray, love thing, except applying it to the, the fitness thing. And with what I do, it's like, you're doing the fit life. You are promoting it to people who are like the not the typical like fitness buff kind of people. So you're your freaks and your punks and your nerds and your weirdos and everything. And you're a metalhead. So it's like strength, love, metal, you know, yeah. and, and you'll see that hashtag and you'll see the emojis and all of that stuff on like all of my posts on social yeah. media. And, you know, it it's catchy. It works. And it's, yep. you know, all these principles that I promote and I believe in. So exactly. And it's pretty much what you've been, not, I mean, not just like physical strength, but like other kinds of strength is what you've been promoting for and like been pushing me and my brother and has raised us on is strength, love and metal. And it, like, whether you realize it or not, but that's kind of carried through like mine, uh, Glenn's life and you've kind of pushed that on us. Yeah. And it's kind of been, yeah, it's just like the life philosophy that's always mm -hmm. been there and, you know, not just with physical strength with, you know, with fitness, but, you know, emotional and mental strength and just being able mm -hmm. to get through life and being able to handle anything that life throws at you. Um, but with like the like headbanger, heavy metal, you know, don't fuck with me attitude, yeah. you know, and then just the whole, and the whole reason you do anything is like, you don't put your, you know, put all this effort and all this work into anything if you don't love what you're doing. So it all yeah. just kind of molds together into this neat little, Strength, love, metal package. Yeah, for it's the like, it's always been there. You just finally were able to put it into into words. As exactly. A, as like, it's like this is how I live, and now I actually have words to go with how yeah what my life philosophy has really been. Taking the mission statement and the life philosophy and making it a brand. Yep. Fun, fun, and it yep, is yep. lunatic fitness. It's the website is lunaticfitness.com. Okay. So. And All right, Munchkin. Yes. <laughs> uh, I guess I should start from the beginning. So, or less. <laughs> what my you? legend dates back to the 12th century. <laughs> Full. Full. Baka. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I actually, and you can vouch for this. I, yes, you can vouch for this. Is like since um, at an early, early age, I've always been kind of a ham and an like an attention whore and everything. And I wanted to be like, um, she's always been the undiscovered star. <laughs> anyway, but um, like I would, um, when I was little, I used to go to Aaron's like cheerleading practices um, and uh, watch her and I'm like, I want to do that. And I would like practice with them and everything. I'm like, I want to be a cheerleader. And that ended up not happening because I'm too weird for that and mm -hmm. too short, apparently. Um, I used but, to go out and do um, like be really heavily involved in like um, the local goth scene and fetish scene and everything. And she loves the music and all of that and would be super jealous that she couldn't go to trans and super because jealous. Because I that she was underage. Go. I know because she was like a kid yeah. at the time and she's like, but mom, you dress so cool and the music is so awesome. And I want to go and perform and do all these shows that you do and everything. And then as soon as she was old enough to, 
Oh, honey. She hit the ground running. Like as soon as she turned 18, she was involved, like trying to just become a star as soon as she became a legal adult. I kicked the fucking door down. So it actually, um, like from there, I um, started, like I've been, like all throughout school, um, I've taken like uh, choir and theater and musical theater and all these different classes and everything. all these dance classes and all this stuff. Well, yeah, I didn't, well, I didn't start dancing until high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I absolutely adored my teacher and had the highest respect for her. And she's actually, um, involved with uh she's one of the star performers in uh scorpius dance company uh who puts on vampire's tale which if you live in phoenix um metro area you need to see it's every like, halloween yes. every halloween season like october through like the beginning of november they put it on yeah. and it's amazing it's breathtaking but anyway anyways your particular career <laughs> okay so um after discover like after discovering my love for dance and because I, I was just taking ballet and modern um at the time because i couldn't exactly take my clothes off at that age yeah. um i was still like it still gave me some kind of like not that high. that was the goal at that age no like you I were didn't... just getting off on just dancing and performing yeah like i was like that was my high and it felt like um to me dancing is more of like my spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. and i after my first performance i was crying hysterically and my teacher was like welcome to uh the dance department and i'm like okay and full on ugly cried (laughs) oh yeah and then um like she was saying i had a couple of friends who were who were involved in this um like goth night uh in scottsdale so i'm like hey i want to do this thing and they're like, yeah, talk to this person. And so I got involved with them and did that for like four years. Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Four years um, and was just a go-go dancer. And it was fun. I had a good time. I went to every single one, made sure that I was on time and everything was like, I was professional about it. I wasn't getting paid, but it was yeah. still like, it was still dancing to me. And it was still like, I was still getting something out of it. And uh, from there, I decided, I'm like, I've never done burlesque before. I want to try it. And this is the best place for me to just try it. It's a shitty little dive bar. No one's going to care. So I tried it. And not only did I, I didn't do like classic burlesque. It was like, I had the classic look, but I ended up having like blackout eyes. Like I was wearing special effects, like, uh, colored contacts and had blood coming out of my mouth and that was when i accidentally put out a cigarette on myself yeah and i'm like oh that's not bad so i started doing it over and over again and it ended up getting a really crazy reaction from the audience and she started developing a following for you know just being mixing classic traditional burlesque like like horror and macabre yeah with like you know gothic horror shock type Mm -hmm. elements So, um, from there I'm like, yeah, I like, I want to do this. This is like what I was put on this earth to do. So I got involved with hump day burlesque. I got involved with, uh, pain proof punks, which is, um, they do both burlesque and sideshow and all of that stuff. Um, even you, um, there've been some hook suspension performances too, which, uh, Rusty has done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, 
from there, I got it was Painproof Punks, Hump Day Burlesque, uh, Untamed Babes. No, um, Agents of Lust. Agents of Lust. That's Agents right. of Lust. I got involved with Agents of Lust. Um, These are all groups that she still performs with too. Yeah. Like she's in everything. <laughs> Agents of Lust is cool because not only is it like we do performances and events in Arizona, but um, I'm actually going to be going to Vegas for a whole weekend for my um, my first time uh, performing with Agents of Lust. And I've gone to L.A. with them. I've gone to uh, Colorado with them. And for a while, I was doing uh, fetish performances at Bar Sinister. I uh, just answered a casting call, did a thing, and... That ended up not working out for me in the end, but I still, I still it's got still something out of it. Yeah, you, I still yeah. got something out of it. I'm still traveling to LA and performing all over California and everything. And I got to, it got you exposure in yeah. California yeah. and started to and and and, and that's how you started got, to build a following. That's how right. I got involved with Untamed Babes Burlesque, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> they perform in uh, Lancaster and in Burbank at uh, California Institute of Abnormal Arts. And they do a lot of sideshow and burlesque as well, kind of mixing all that stuff. So I'm like, I found my people. So just to clarify, like when she says sideshow, she's referring to like, um, like freak show style performance, like bed of nails and like sword Mm -hmm. swallowing and fire dancing and fire eating and things like that. Yep. Which, stapling tips to your body with a staple gun. Things yes. Like that. <laughs> yes. And um, I still am involved with all of those things from going from un- uh, Untamed Babes. Um, I was actually asked to join the Dark Circus um, LA troupe mm-hmm. to perform with. and Which is a big deal. Yeah. Because they're involved with Batcave. And I get to work with Ozzy Blood, who is a big deal in the sideshow community and he pretty much does what i do except more like nitty gritty and not so pretty (laughs) rhymes rhymes Um, all the rhymes but uh that's your brand (laughs) that's my brand well speaking of that i if i were to describe my brand it would be a showgirl succubus because yes i am a showgirl glossy pretty whatever but i Usually covered in some sort of glitter. Yes. Usually covered in some sort of glitter, but also I want to put the fear of God in people with my performances. Like, yes, this is amazing. This is awesome. But I am terrified of you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you see me like now, I'm not an intimidating person at all. But when you're on no. stage and when you're doing your shows, you there people are like, I can't believe this super adorable pretty girl is doing this really messed up crazy things mm-hmm. and she's not, you know... She looks like she's endangering herself, but she's not. And you wouldn't expect that from somebody that looks like her and has this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because I've described what you do to some of my uh, coworkers and I'll like, I'll show them pictures of you and like, yeah, see this, this nerdy little girl right here in this normal <laughs> picture, like when you just in normal street clothes and, yeah. and, and your glasses and boring, but <laughs> Thanks. you look like a, like a trucker mom right now. <laughs> Take- but <laughs> she's wearing my Chuck Walla CrossFit hat right now. Yeah. She just took it off. And, and, and Thanks. big, thick, you know, plastic glasses and everything. Like they were safe. <laughs> but it's like you know, out of character, you're you're generally very nerdy in appearance. Mm-hmm. 
And, but when you see pictures of you in character during a performance on stage, mm-hmm. you can't even recognize you for being the same person. Yeah, that's and, kind of the point of the whole aesthetic and everything. And um, there's and why you do what yeah, you do. Exactly it's, why I do, I you can do separate what I the do. Character from yourself completely. Yeah, because I don't want to be that kind of person where like I'm. Like, I like to separate the character, little Jason Claire, from who I am, like, as a person, because if I, like, and I've been in this position before, where if I let the character take over my life, then... You start to lose friends. (laughs) I I start to lose friends. It starts fucking things up for me, and I've had that before. I don't want that to happen again. Kind of how you explained Alice Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's a character. You go on stage and you're this person. And when the lights are on and when you're performing, you're Mm -hmm. that person. Mm -hmm. When you go home. When the makeup comes off, then I'm just little old me. Yeah. and But that's not to suggest, though, that it's, you know, there are certain elements to... That's a different part of her personality. Yeah. There's certain elements of little Jason Clare that um, are positive things that I think you've adopted into and, and taken in to your personality. That's, you know, maybe a part of you that was there and just couldn't really come out. Like yeah. with just, you know, developing your confidence and mm-hmm. your, you know, like your sense of self and mm-hmm. your fearlessness and things like that, I think came out of, you know, you've embodied that have stuck with you that you've come out of the development of the Jason Clare character. Well, another that thing, without little J, you know, yeah. would not have surfaced. Well, another thing that kind of developed uh, little J Sinclair was um, at, before I developed that character and before I started doing burlesque, period, I disappeared from social media and just kept to myself and didn't do anything because of um, scary situations. And yeah. I actually had developed um ptsd because of it and we're not going to get into that but because it's in the past and it's it ugly and yeah. 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 circumstances got to a point that necessitated yeah. separating your professional person from your personal yeah person. so i changed my name so that um those people couldn't find me and then yeah. it developed into a character and all of everything that i do whether it even the sexy, like funny or campy or like gory, everything that I do on stage comes from a place of anger and pain. And it's just my release out into the world so that I turning it into a creative outlet into a positive performance as opposed to internalizing it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like performing is like your therapy. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. And in some um, cases, you're being paid to have your therapy instead of paying thousands of dollars. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and in know, this case now, it's like, I mean, when you, when you first started, it was, you know, doing the go-go dancing, you're not getting paid. Doing certain, you know, all these shows you first started out with, it was for exposure, you're not getting paid. And then now you're at the point where you're in demand in other cities, in other mm-hmm. states, um, from by all these other groups and people know who you are now when they come yeah. to see, you know, we'll run into a public and be like, Oh my God, I love you, Jason Claire. I love you. I saw you at such and such. And you're at the point now where you are a paid performer. Like mm-hmm. everything that you do now is a paying gig. And what's awesome and like, fantastic- this is your job. <laughs> yeah. What's awesome and fantastic is I get to work with my heroes. Yeah. Like I'm part of like I'm part of the burlesque community, the freaks and like the freak show, sideshow community, but also still 
part of and my home base is the fetish community because I've performed like at fetish balls and stuff like that and got to um, recently close out the night and share the same stage as aesthetic perfection. And I was a little ball of nervous and like insane the but entire she time. Killed it. I was actually yeah. there. She did fantastic. And that's why I love that act so much. And yeah. I want to put it out in the world for everyone. The Queen um, of Roses act. Qu- Queen of Roses, yeah. yes. And I felt like that was a turning point for me where I can actually like that act put to rest all, all the ugly. of all of the ugly and all of the stuff that came before little Jason Claire. And even mm-hmm. outside of uh, dancing, another thing that I still like that I've been high demand of is music videos. Yeah, I've been in uh, six, six or seven music Something videos. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And again, I just kind of a mind blowing. Is this really my life right now? Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, I guess uh, to- she's she's at the point now with um there's um one of her regular gigs is the uh, hump day burlesque show at lost leaf twice a month mm-hmm. like every first and third wednesday one of the girls that has recently been added to the core cast this um has she joined because she was a fan of little jason claire that's so, bragging rights or things like, yeah <laughs> i joined this group because i wanted to work with you it's like i'm i'm a performer because of you i came and saw your show and you blew me away and you inspired and and you made me want to do this myself and now she's out and doing it no yeah. i i, I went adore from, I'm, I'm you know i can't believe i'm working with my heroes to now you're somebody else's hero exactly <laughs> when when you become the senpai yeah <laughs> It's like before it was notice me senpai and now, now she's like now she is senpai. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um I guess a couple of show plugs is I I tried to start a Patreon and I don't know what it is about Patreon. I just can't like I I don't know how to work it or I guess I'm just dumb or something. I just Patreon's can't. a fickle thing. Yeah. yeah. I've got a Patreon it's tricky. but I I don't worry about it too much. I don't know how to use it, but yeah. I do. Um, but you do have a Patreon. I do have a Patreon. It's just no content on it right now. Yeah. Um, I have uh, prints available for sale um, and going to be. Through your social yeah, media. Gonna, through my social media, going to be working on more merch and stuff. Maybe some like stickers or buttons, just something small um, to start out and then go into like all the crazy things like she does so and then at all of her at all of her shows she does have prints available for sale at the merch tables too so um i think i covered everything yeah Yeah. sounds about right do you have any oh i guess you mentioned uh you have like uh prints and things available on your social media yeah where can uh people find said uh uh, little J Sinclair on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. And just um, I do giveaways sometimes too, depending um, like on like I'll I'll do like a some odd f- number count like giveaway or uh, share this thing giveaway, and I'll um, pick people to send them signed prints or something like that. Yeah. She does giveaways and fun stuff like that all the time. She's very all over the social medias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm anything, I'm than, consistent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and, and, and especially in sort of because you're in the direct entertainment world, social mm-hmm. media is kind of 
and you're young enough that you understand social media. I suck at social mm-hmm. media. Yeah. It's definitely a generational thing. Yeah. I feel like we're it's, old. We don't I, get that weird social I just feel gobbledygook. Like, exactly. I just feel like it's it's part of my job. Like it is yeah. it absolutely it is, is the same it, just, it holds it the same too. importance as working on your costume, working on choreography, picking your song, performing, all of that stuff. If just, you don't market it, then if you it don't market matter. it, then like and social media just makes it so easy to market yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like these are things that we didn't have when we were, yeah, you yeah. know, her age like, and doing stuff. You know, yeah. that's like Henry Rollins said when we saw that uh, drag is punk panel is I didn't mm-hmm. become an artist to not be noticed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm not doing. I'm not really doing it to get famous or anything. This is more a cathartic feeling for me. But I want. Like I you want, do it for I the want, love of performing. Yeah, I want people to see me on stage and get the same kind of like make them feel something. Yeah, because that's get what the I'm same doing. Kind of get the same kind of rush that you get from performing. Yeah. yeah. What cracks me up is it was actually at Hump Day Burlesque, um, one of her very first performances that she, um, that she did for Hump Day Burlesque. Um, she did this whole like clown bit to Switchblade Symphony where she came out of a box like a Jack in the Box and was like all cutesy and, and clown nose, but it was very kind of horror themed and creepy and spooky to this spooky gothic song. And then that was the night that they actually coined the phrase fear boner. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Cause, uh, Jackie said it. Yeah. And then Jackie was emceeing that night and she said it and then it ended up becoming a thing. And she's like, that's what I, she's like, that's what I do for performances is I try to give you a fear boner. And then when I debuted the monster at uh, hump day, Jackie and, and Alexis or Lexi came up to me and they're like, okay, you're our like burlesque stage child. So we kind of have that that whole paternal kind of feeling, the like motherly thing, yeah, yeah, the mother thing going. However, we are very sexually confused right now, <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, sorry I about so ter- it. <laughs> I am so terrified by what you did and so turned on, and it's freaking me out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cover my eyes or cover my junk. I'm so confused. Yep. <laughs> Make like a drag queen and tuck it. Word. Yes. Yeah, let's, let's not kill me before. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, did I miss anything? Covered? You pretty much covered all of okay. it. Okay. Your most most common, the most easiest way to kind of catch you, your most regular gig, I guess you'd say. Probably Hump Day. Hump Day and Pain Proof Punks. Yeah. Yeah. And Babes, maybe? Mm. That's not quite as frequent. That's probably the most frequent one from when you're in LA. Because anytime you go to LA, it's usually for Untamed Babes. Yeah. Um. But here, but in Phoenix, like in the Valley, um, Hump Day Burlesque at Lost Leaf or any of the Painproof Punk shows. Painproof Punks, um, their stompy grounds are at Alwyn House, which, by the way, mm-hmm. is my favorite venue to perform at. Alwyn House is super cool. <laughs> well, not okay. My favorite Phoenix venue to perform at. My favorite, like venue in general is globe theater in la because it's just like chaos yeah every single time and it's amazing like i live for this shit (laughs) (laughs) she does all right well it's been it's been fun i love having you guys over and it's even more crazy when zoop all this craziness that that you've listened to is just a small portion of the craziness that happened tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
There was so there was so much chaos. Like we didn't even know if we were going to be able to have anything for the show because we were just so like goofy before. Like yeah. we're you know poor Adam's trying to get everything set up and we're just sitting here just like bantering like mm-hmm. back and forth between the two you know between each other. And I can see I'm looking at my brother and he's thinking, why am I not recording this? Hurry up and record. Get everything set up. This should be recording. <laughs> there is so much good shit that we're missing right now. We're not going to have anything left for the show. Lo and behold, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. If there's one thing his family can do is talk aimlessly. Yep. It's not and entirely, we never, but it's, it's entirely, entertaining exactly. though. You guys and we, we, have we never run out. We were never run out of anything to say either. Nope. Yeah, we're all yeah. a bunch of really like sassy, opinionated people, mm-hmm. and we love pop culture, and we basically, you know, speak a second language of song lyrics and movie quotes. Yep. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty intense. And that's the whole family. Like, yeah, seriously, that's all of us. All of us. Yep. Like, if my son was here, same thing. If any of the rest of our siblings were here, yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all as, as different and varied as we are. That's like the one thing that all of us have in common. You got me quoting Empire Records at two. Oh, honey, you were doing entire scenes from Empire Records at two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... I think that is going to do it for us tonight. Groovy, groovy. I always, I always describe the show as tonight. I don't know why. I record in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's just kind of the thing. I, I old radio habits, I guess. Not mm-hmm. on tonight. It's, Not it's, on tonight. I think it's just because of dad that we all. I always go to like that. Well, because dad thing. always worked at night. Yeah, so. old radio sign off, and I always, yeah. You know, I don't know why I haven't come up with a more creative way to sign up the show. See, well, and also like the whole cliche of like, thank you, good night. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's and see, with, with me, it doesn't matter what day, what time of day it is. I will always, when I'm greeting someone, I'll always say good morning. Yeah. <laughs> she does. It's I, all the time. I don't know why. Hi, hello, good morning. Mm-hmm. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good, good evening, evening, and good night. night. Yes. Uh, but one last round of, of pimping... For little Jay Sinclair, where can the listeners find you out on the social medias and the internets and the webs of who's what's <laughs> All well, your handles online. Uh, it is little Jay Sinclair. That is L-I-T-T-L-E, the letter J-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. And for me, um, I am... Raven Lunatic on Facebook and it's R-A-E-V-Y-N, Raven, and then Lunatic with a K on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Raven.Lunatic, and Lunatic Fitness on Twitter. Oh, we have hashtags too. Hashtag Patron Saint of Underdogs, hashtag Strength Love Metal, hashtag Lunatic Fit. And LunaticFitness.com. And LunaticFitness.com, officially. Uh. Hashtag little Jason Claire, hashtag showgirl succubus, uh, hashtag fear boner, hashtag cult classic, <laughs> hashtag queen of roses, hashtag queen of roses. Yep. There we go. High five. All right. Well, now it's time for my spiel. <laughs> yes, sir. It is your show after all. It is my show after all. They just took over. You let us. I You're invited. an enabler. <laughs> I, I know. I invited you into this chaos. I knew what I was in for. I think we're, you know, I only, you know, we're only blood relatives. Exactly. But 
for those, I will have the links to all of this stuff and all of their social media stuff in case you can't spell all of that crazy, not spelled correctly words and stuff. <laughs> and the show notes at odddadout.blogspot.com and on the Facebook page and and on Twitter at odddadout. And if you need to, and I'll, you'll be able to get in touch with all of them. And if you miss any of that, I'm, I'm going to be probably pimping the hell out of this stuff too. And if you follow me on Twitter, I tend to share their stuff. Anyway, because they're family, and, and if I'm not, if I'm going to be pimping somebody, it should at least be family. Yeah. That sounds kind of inappropriate. Indeed. But whatever. But that's just how we roll. That's just how we roll. I think he just called us hoes. No. I think we're all just, I think it's just everything. It's like you and your brother getting lannister Oh, like, Yeah. <laughs> They're not really, we just joke about it because, yeah, yeah, every, just, there's nothing appropriate about any of us, but, (laughs) and, and yet we're somewhat well-adjusted individuals. I don't know how that happened, but that's our family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're a bunch of freaking weirdos. Yep. Thank you for joining us in this, in this craziness and an incredibly extended, uh, special, uh, I have guests episode. Yay. And until next week. I have been Adam Higgins, the odd dad out. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs>